Hello, and welcome to another episode of Extra Point, a USA Today sports podcast. I'm joined today by our golf writer, Steve DiMeglio, and we are going to be talking the Players' Championship. Steve, welcome, and thanks for coming on again. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, We have not talked since the Masters, which we'll get right into this. Uh, That is the last time we saw Jordan Spieth, and you wrote a great column last week on the perspective that Jordan has about his, can we call it anything besides a meltdown at the Masters on Sunday? Yes, it, it, that that's what it would be. Uh, you know, he, he hit two back-to-back terrible shots, one caused mentally and one caused physically. And he even said there, looking at his caddy, Michael Greller, Michael, I think we're collapsing right now. And he gathered himself at least to finish off the uh, quadruple bogey seven and then burn 13 and 15, but he just couldn't make up for that. But Again, as he has said, and he has said this beforehand, he's 22 years old. Right. Um, this is a kid. I mean, I remember when people were were uh, attacking him for not being able to close out tournaments, and he looked at me one time on the range. He goes, I'm 20 years old. I'm 20. I've been out here a year. Give me some – give me a break. So he's got a great head on his shoulders. And I think – so the most shocking thing to me about the Masters is the mental mistake he made on the 12th tee. Because up to then, he had rarely made any mental mistakes. and um, But, you know, he, he has gathered himself. He's taken four weeks off, one, to gather himself after what happened at Augusta, and two, to get ready for a very busy schedule coming up. But he's been here since Sunday at TPC Sawgrass. He put a practice run on Sunday, played another nine holes on Mondays, playing another 18 today. And uh, he's getting his game back sharply. And yesterday he just said, yeah, I'm ready to go. Well, and I love, you know, because we hear this all the time from from athletes in every sport. Oh, yeah, I've put it behind me. And then you know that they don't. But his perspective really, it really does seem like he has. You know, I think the line that he used with you was, my dog didn't die, you know, which is a great way to look at it that, yeah, it is the Masters, but it's also a golf tournament. And I also think, and this is what some of his critics forget, he is the only one on earth that could have won the last five major championships play. So he knows he's doing the right things to get himself in the position he needs to get to win the girl, the world's biggest tournaments. He won the Masters. He won the U.S. Open back-to-back. He was right there one stroke out of the playoff at the British Open. He was right there in the final group at the PGA Championship, and obviously we saw him what he did at the Masters. I mean, I think he takes a lot more out of the fact that he's the only one that was even close to winning the last five majors than being the one guy that had a collapse on the 12th hole and preceding that the bogey on 11, the bogey on 10 didn't do him any favors. But still, I think he's got the right perspective. And it comes from his parents and it comes from his family, his sister and his brother. And he just has a, a good way of himself knowing um, I'm doing a heck of a lot more better things than the one little minor bad thing that I did. Right. Um, do you think he could win this one this week? Well, two years ago, he uh, he was right there in contention. He was he had the lead uh, in the final round uh, before uh, finishing in a tie for fourth behind Martin Keimer. And last year, he missed the cut. Um, that is indicative of what this golf course can do to you. But um, he certainly can. You need to have every shot on this golf course, and you need to definitely, definitely recover. And whether that's recover out of from the fairway after missing a fairway or recovering around these sharp greens. But 
I think he certainly can. I mean, he didn't play golf for five weeks before uh, he went out and buried everybody at the Hyundai Tournament Champions this year. So layoffs, you know, he deals with layoffs. He'll be fine. Um, And he knows this is a big one. Um, This is just after the four majors. And, you know, Jordan always gears himself to be at his optimum level at the biggest events. And he considers this one of the biggest events. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't play well. Yeah, you you brought this up. This is the the TPC is often called the fifth major. Why is that? Well, it's the only major championship that the PGA Tour does not directly have. Um, The Masters is by the Masters. The U.S. Open, the USGA has the U.S. Open. The RNA has the British Open. The PGA of America has the PGA Championship. Um, And the PGA Tour is left outside holding the bag. Um, (laughs) And, you know, when it was deemed, when the four majors were deemed majors back in the 60s, the Players' Championship wasn't around. So um, if the Players' Championship had been around in the 60s with the same type of weight that it has now, maybe we would have had five majors. But... uh, that's one you know, it, bad timing, um, but I tell you, the people that believe it is a major, they have they have debate on their side. They they have am, ammunition on their side for the debate because this is without question the toughest field in golf, without I mean, question. I, I was going to say, I mean, everybody is here. This is not like a regular week on the tour that somebody might take a you know I need my rest. I want to go see my kid do this. Everybody is here this week. And because it is the PGA Tour's flagship event, and this is for the players, and they know that. Um, And I know there are times when the PGA of America says they have the toughest field in golf because they have 99 of the top 100. Yeah, but they also have a lot of teaching pros that are in the field that can't possibly win. Here, as Tiger has said, the last guy teeing off on Saturday, I mean the first guy teeing off on Saturday, could win the tournament. Right. Um, You cannot – Short hitters have won this, Fred Funk and Tim Clark. Um, Bombers have won this, Tiger Woods, Adam Scott. Um, Precision players, Henrik Stenson, it it just does not favor anybody. That's the reason that Tiger Woods has won this twice, and yet he's also played poorly many more times than winning the two times. Um, And as he has said, it can turn quick here in this golf course. It can turn real quick. You can be sailing along three consecutive birdies and then a sharp edge off a fairway or a sharp edge off the green. And all of a sudden you're looking at double, triple bogey. And that's, it doesn't favor a right to left. It doesn't favor left to right. It doesn't favor the high ball striker or the low ball striker. It doesn't favor the best putters in the world. Um, It just, it just examines every part of your game. You have to have every part of your game going. You have to have luck on your side. Um, and you just have to hit every shot. It's one of the few golf courses that more times than not, you will use every club, all 14 of your clubs in the bag every round. That's very rare, and um, it's just a brilliant golf course. Do guys like that? Because I would kind of think just from a a testing yourself aspect that that would kind of be fun to play, that you are having to, to take every shot, use every club, use every part of your game. I I think I would kind of like that. I don't know. Or do these guys not think that? Well, there's an awful lot of players out here that are one dimensional, Um, whether it's they can just bang it or whether they can just putt or whether they're just an outstanding chipper. Um, Like a major, this examines more parts of your game than all the other tournaments. Um, 
Now, there were years back when this golf course was just absolutely ridiculously too difficult. There were far too many mounds. The greens were far too, let's say, like potato chips. It was just goofy golf. But Pete Dye, who originally designed this, has come in and led the, you know, softening of the edges, if you will. And now, lately, and it's, I, I think it started about five years ago, more and more players will say, this is a great golf course. Hmm. I think the, the best players in the world want to be examined. They want a golf course that challenge, challenges every part of your game because that truly, truly, truly determines who the best player was this week. There were times when the U.S. Open, people would joke that, well, the straightest hitter won the U.S. Open in the 1970s and the 1980s. Here, yeah, you could be the straightest hitter, but that doesn't necessarily you're going to win here. It's just you have to have every part of your game going. And um, I think the players, most, the majority of the players want that. Now, the this is at TPC at Sawgrass, at Sawgrass which obviously the signature hole is 17, the, the island green. What I, You see pictures of it, and it's absolutely gorgeous. What's it like to see it in person? And more importantly, what's it like to try and play that hole? Well, the, the pros will tell you for 51 weeks out of the year, it's one of the easiest holes in golf. Um, they got a nine iron in their hand, maybe an eight. Um, but then the 52nd week is the Players' Championship. And all of a sudden, you see all the water that's in front of you and around <laughs> the green. Um, it's in a little open area so winds can really play havoc um if there's a lot of wind there then it's really a dangerous shot then they have to start thinking about how to flight the ball um it's just they just know that there's no cap on the number you can make on the hole you can you can hit five six balls in the water oh i mean i adam scott one time told me he had played he was playing around and he had lost a couple of golf balls and he was walking in the 17th green, 17th tee. And he asked his caddy, do we have enough golf balls in the bag? <laughs> um, because it was windy. And, you know, Bob Tway, when he uh, when he made the highest number here, which was a 12, he knocked six balls in the water. And five of those came from the drop zone only from 80 yards away. So um, it's just and, and here's the other thing. Even when you get on the green. Okay, you can't take a deep sigh of relief because this green has more three putts on it than any other hole out here except for one. So this it's not an easy. It's got ridges. It's got um, valleys and peaks in the green. So even once you're on the green, it's not easy. Um, but it's just for a hole that's only 135 yards, it causes more anxiety than any hole on the PGA Tour. Uh, you know, you could throw in the seventh at Pebble Beach because it's 90 yards, and but it's on the ocean. And, and again, there's just it's just a marvelously great architecture hole. And it, it was it was Pete Dye's wife's idea. Really? Um, yes. Um, Pete wanted to have water just on one of the sides. And as they were digging and digging and back then they were using, you know, mules and, and <laughs> bulldozers and everything. And we had sheep out here. They, they had hundreds of sheep eating all the bad grass. and all Are that. you serious? Yes. And <laughs> and Mrs. Dye said, you know, Pete, what do you think? Let's just surround it with all of water. Let's make a sort of a, a, our biggest stage. And Pete went along with it. And that's how it went. So it, the original design was supposed to be land, all the land on the left and water on the right. And Mrs. Dias said, no, let's, let's put water around the whole thing. 
And that changed the whole complexion of the whole, changed the whole complexion of this golf tournament because these guys will tell you they're thinking about the 17th hole when they're hitting their tee shot on the first hole on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and you can't get it out of your mind. You know that disaster awaits. Now, that that's the chance on a lot of these holes out here. But there, when you're surrounded by people and they have the biggest biggest tent structures around behind them and to the left and behind the green, um, you know, the people know that you've got a little short wedge in your hand and the potential for embarrassment is just heightened. And uh, it's just, it gets the heart racing. Well, it's, it's always fun to watch because, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it it looks deceptively simple if you're just watching, but it's also, you, you know, that, that train wrecks are right around the bend. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the defending champion is Ricky Fowler and you know, we've talked about him. We talked about him before Augusta thinking that he was going to make a run there. Um, tied for fourth last weekend. What, where's he at this season? Well, you know, you brought up the masters as he said last week, that was the only blip on his, on his, uh, radar this year. Um, and he just said, it's golf, you know, uh, at the Masters, he said golf is a four-letter word. Um, <laughs> Which is the greatest quote of the week. <laughs> yeah. He just, you know, last year's win taught him, told him that he could win on the biggest stage and he could close out a tournament on the biggest stage. And he went and he won the Scottish Open mm-hmm. with late dramatics. Then he won the Deutsche Bank Championship with late dramatics. And earlier this year, he won the Abu Dhabi Championship with late heroics um and he's beaten the best fields those were top-notch fields since then however since the waste management phoenix open when he had a two-shot lead on the 72nd 71st hole and he had a perfect drive he hit it exactly the way he wanted to but it hit on the downslope and it raced through the green and over the green into a water hazard he eventually double bogeyed the hole he went into a playoff after birding the 72nd hole to get into the playoff he made a couple birdies in the playoff, but he lost to Hideki Matsuyama. Then he shot 66-66 at the Honda Classic mm-hmm. to open his round and then had a bad weekend. Last week, he took the 54-hole lead, and he shot 74. Um, so some people are now saying, wow, is Ricky doubting himself? Can he close out a tournament again? And I called him yesterday, and he said, no, I have no doubts at all. I can definitely close out tournaments. Um there is just no Tiger Woods anymore, and there never will be. Where Tiger, when he got in contention, and got the lead, it was over. Right. That we're not going to see that anymore. And as Ricky said, it's a great quote: "The more con- the more times you get in contention, the more times you're going to lose, but you're going to win sometimes. It's just that there is no Tiger Woods anymore. Um, so you know, if you get in contention five times and you win two of them, to Ricky Fowler, that's huge." To other people, well, he didn't close the other three out. It makes no sense to me. But he is now the question with Ricky, I think, and, and he says, yeah, you know, that sounds a little better. When he was being criticized, being all flash and no substance, they're wondering, can this guy ever get in contention a little more? Right. Now it is. Now it is. Can this guy close out more tournaments? Because he's getting in contention more and more and more. And that's what he is working for. That is what he's been working for. And he has no doubts whatsoever after what happened last week or what happened to waste management. I mean, like he said, in the waste management, he didn't miss a shot on the back nine on Sunday, except for that one. And he hit it exactly the way he wanted to. And he got a little unlucky and hit a downslope and just took off. Um, he, at the Honda, 
couple shots here and there, and you're in water hazards. Last week, he got a little mud ball on the seven. He hits it out of bounds. Um, and yet he gathered himself. He, he picked up some confidence last week because he was fighting a swing. And even though he had the 54-hole lead, he, you know, he was proud that he was getting everything he could because he was fighting a swing. He was getting everything he could out of it. And even on that Sunday, even after the disastrous start, he was still right there in contention on the 15th hole before he hit it out. He hit it in the water hazard. So he took a lot more out of last week that for the good than he did for the bad. So I think Ricky's just fine. I think he's still one of the top five players in the world, and he will be for for quite some time. Is he going to be one of these guys? Because you know he's won, he's got three career wins, which for all of his talent and for the times he has been in contention, you know, yeah, the criticism is should he have won more? But is he going to be one of those guys? Like once Phil got that first major, it just kind of started snowballing. That you know, it it just opened things up. Is is Ricky going to be like that? That once he gets a couple more of these wins, it, he just kind of goes on a roll. Well, I, you know, he believes he's on a roll now because he's getting into contention a lot more than he used to. Um, I know he's only won three PGA Tour events, but he's won two big European Tour events. True. Um, and he won in Korea. But in Korea, when he won there, he beat Rory, uh, Rory McIlroy. So, in essence, he has, he does have six. But everybody he knows now, the questions are starting to build up. Ricky, you don't have a major yet. Right. Um, and... He says, hey, I've done everything I can do to put myself in a position to win that major. Um, he's going to go to the U.S. Open at Oakmont, confident that he can win the U.S. Open. And if he doesn't, he'll go to Troon for the British Open, confident that he can win the British Open. His work with Butch Harmon, which he started in late 2013. I mean, if Butch is anything, Butch is basically, he gets your confidence level up sky high. Because Butch is just a master at that. Um, he's tightened his swing. Um, it's not loose as much as it used to be. No, it, he's one of the top five players in the world. He just doesn't happen to have a major championship yet. But he feels confident it's going to come. And whether or not, I, I don't know, if you win that first major, if that balloons. I think with Phil, Phil, you know, they talk about Jordan Spieth, Roy McElroy, Jason Day. They compare him to Tiger Woods. Well, you know, they they can compare him to Phil Mickelson, too, because Phil Mickelson is the second best player that we've seen in our generation. True. And, and so that's why I think Phil snowballed with the major championship he won, because it, it was a shocker that it took him 42 majors to win his first. He should have had a couple before that, because, you know, Phil Mickelson is one of the top 15 players in the world. Right now, that have ever played the game. Right now, I don't think you can say that of, of Jordan, of of Rory and of Jason Day. And that's unfair. I mean, that, that, that's, I realize that they're still 27, 25, 22. They have time to become one of the 15 best players in the world. They aren't there yet. Phil Mickelson, that's why it snowballed because he was one of the 15 best players in the world. Um, and he just, uh, he just started winning him. Yeah. He had to get that monkey off his back, but um, Phil Mickelson is a little different than Ricky. I mean, obviously, it's going to do wonders for Ricky if he does win that major. Um, it did wonders for Jordan Spieth because he, you know, when he won his first major uh, last year's Masters, proved to himself that he could close out on the biggest stage. Um, and then he went and won the next major, and he's been in contention in the in the three preceding and in the three majors after that. So it'll help Ricky. Um, but uh, until it happens, he's going to keep getting that the questions asked. So. He'll he'll just have to go with it. Um, 
Okay, well then, so if not Ricky this week, who else do you like? Wow, that's... Or could you just you know, throw everybody in there? This is, I mean, you could. You can make a case. I, seriously, you can make a case for at least 100 of the players. Um, <laughs> but then again, I've heard Rory McIlroy say it. Anybody can win this week. Any player in this field can win the tournament. Um, I always like the guys that are in form. Ricky's in form. He played, you know, well, even though he was fighting swing last week. Justin Rose finished runner-up by one shot out of the playoff last week. Justin Rose. Um, could win this. Um, I expect big things from Jordan. I really do. I think Jordan's going to, you know, he's going to come out firing. He's going to be right there. But again, you could you pull a name out of a hat. Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> certainly Charlie Hoffman could win. He won earlier this year. He's been in contention a lot. He certainly would. Kevin Na could earn his second PGA Tour title because he has contended here before. Uh, the guy that I think has contended the most in recent years is Sergio. Um, he won in 2008. Um, he had a spat with uh, Tiger in 2013, but he was tied for the lead on the 71st hole. Um, he lost in the playoff last year. Um, and as far as ball striking and as far as having all the shots, he, he has it right there. So I don't know. I don't know if he's played enough golf. He hasn't played in a while, but um, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. If pressed who I would pick, who I would – I. I, I don't know. I could. I, I would take Justin Rose because the odds would be better, and he's on form. So I'll give you that. Okay. Um, and is this the first time that we are seeing Danny Willett back since the Masters? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, this is his first tournament since the Masters. Jordan Spieth's first tournament since the Masters. Um, and we are. Danny's coming in. Uh, we saw him yesterday. Um, he had his coach around him and his uh, caddy around him. So he. When that's usually the case, when he's grinding on the range, you usually don't go approach him. But he's coming in today to talk to us. Um, he has had a blast with that green jacket. He's had a blast becoming a father, um, which he became after the ma- uh, before the Masters. Um, he's just ha- he's been having a blast. And remember, he was the 12th ranked player in the world before he won the Masters. So he's got a lot of game. Um, this wasn't a fluke. And I... And now if we're going to ask him if he has to prove, if he has to validate his master's title. And I don't think he does, but it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about that. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting what he does this week. Okay. Well, it should be a fun and very interesting week uh, for everybody. It's going to be, and, and we don't have to worry about Mother Nature. Uh, it's going to be 88 or 90 or 92 every day um, with nothing but sunballs. Sun's the sun's going to be out. Uh, the light, it's uh, the forecast calls for light winds, so um, maybe we won't have uh, you know the the train wrecks as much on the 17th if there were high winds. But uh, Mother Nature's in tow, perfect weather. The course is in absolutely perfect shape. The greens are absolutely perfect. Uh, it's it's set up to be the fifth major. It's ready to deliver. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to watching. Steve, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for listening to Extra Point. And remember that you can follow all of our coverage on usatoday.com, all of our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud.